Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. A very good morning to you and welcome to this week's installments of Beyond Governance here at 101.9 High FM. Yours truly is Nimrod Opambele. I can't believe that we literally left with about nine months before we wrap up the year. Most people are certainly prepared to take a long-deserved holiday, um, you know, December holidays. This story, in my view, is only applicable to approximately about 16.5 million South Africans who are gainfully employed. Certainly, we can't say the same about about 17.5 million South Africans who are beneficiaries of social grants, which means, which were meant to be a stopgap measure. However, due to uh, unemployment rate, these, which is sitting at about 40%, or this issue becomes or has the permanent feature. Adding salts to largely open and self-inflicted wounds, economic wounds, so to speak, the country is experiencing unprecedented low shedding, which is having adverse impact on uh, and years and adding years of sluggish growth. Notwithstanding uh, this dilapidating economic moves, we we need to excavate our own resilience and take control through the bulk. There is no amount of mourning and groaning will emancipate you from the current social and economic quagmire, but only through your own hard work and sheer determination to succeed. Once again, thanks for tuning in as we continue to push the accountability envelope while instilling and promoting entrepreneurship as a viable alternative for those who are disgruntled and languishing in abject poverty, both at the philosophical and physical level. Believe me that that is the reality. As always, I'm delighted to share this space and time with you, beloved listeners of this wonderful show. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome aboard, and I hope to keep I hope to keep you slightly more informed uh, as my guests are, are thought leaders and successful businessmen and women whose insights and wisdom can only enrich our minds. Given the impetus of validation, I implore you to visit our website, which is www.highfm.com. Download any podcast and share your views with us, with, with us through social media. Our SMS line, therefore, is uh, 34519. And, of course, your thoughts and ideas are most welcome through my Twitter handle, which is at Mbele Nimrod. Before you kick us the show, allow me to thank the technical producers of the show. Uh, on that note, Vusi Masinga, thank you very much for sterling work. Uh, and helping the show navigation system, as it were, uh, and whose ultimate purpose is to delight the ears and hopefully sharpen the mind of the listener. In today's conversation, uh, I ask the question, is the replacement of the board a panacea, whether it be the ESCOM or any of the state-owned enterprise landscape, as it were? We have seen how the Minister of Public Enterprises, Pravid Godan, succumbing to pressure from unions, civil society organizers, and business formation following unprecedented, and I might add, unpalatable load shedding, which question the country's strategic leadership where it matters most, which is energy. For we all know that uh, the country's economic growth uh, is driven by energy. Without energy, we're going nowhere slowly. Before addressing this mammoth task, allow me to take a detour by weighing in on the removal of the city of Johannesburg mayor. This pattern, in my view, the pattern of removal of mayors by a motion of no confidence or any other political spectacle is likely to be a political feature in the South African body politic, as bigger parties such as ANC and the DA would be forced to enter into precarious coalition governments. The question is, could this be a sign of maturing of our democracy or death of constitutional project? That's the question. 
personally, I loathe the depth, the, you know, the depth of constitutional project. As smaller parties can hold the entire governance of municipality, provincial government, and indeed the national government at Grenzong. As we have seen, what as we have seen in, in what happened in the city of Johannesburg, Nelson Mandela, Ekurlin, and Swanee. If these four big metros is the signal of what is likely to happen at the national, at provincial national uh, space, I then quiver with fear. The biggest question which remains unresolved is service delivery. While the politicians are finding themselves in the streets and in courts, what happens to you and I? What happens to service delivery? At what expense? We've seen some of these court cases that drag continuously and which says to me, possibly to you, that when the politicians are engrossed in their own uh, self-serving uh, myopic agenda, this often happens at the expense of service delivery. We need to be very mindful of those particular issues when we cast our votes. You know, in as much as it is important to formulate coalition governments, but there's a downside, and we need to be ready for the downside of the coalition government. As we've seen in, 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 in what happened, in municipalities. Anyway, the show is not about the political landscape as well. Moving on swiftly, let me take this opportunity to welcome my esteemed guest, Futa Banzi, who is a corporate general strategist and foresight strategist and civil entrepreneur. As indicated earlier, we are putting spotlight on corporate government issues and challenges at SCOM. All of certainly draw from the broader, broader state owned enterprise landscape for there are a lot of similarities with ASCOM food. As an example, for those who might not have heard, the Minister of Public Enterprise has appointed a new board at ESCOM. As we all know, ESCOM has been on a, on a, on a spotlight, on a lambert for completely wrong reasons. And this picture is not about to dissipate, dissipate anytime soon. Without any waste of time, let me welcome our guest, Hodla Banzi. Welcome and thank you for gracing Beyond Governance with your presence. Good morning, uh, Dr. Mbele, and uh, uh, thanks for uh, inviting me and hosting me, and uh, good morning to your listeners as well. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, sir. The very first question, if you would just to venture your opinion, um, as you've seen, I'm saying, is the replacement of a board uh, a panacea? It has been suggested, or there are other variables that needs to be taken into account. I think uh, the operative word there is panacea. Um, certainly not necessarily the, the magical silver bullet, but certainly as well, it's a very major significant uh, intervention. We, we shouldn't at any time uh, reduce um, or shrink the importance of having a strong, competent uh, board in terms of you know, addressing the current challenges at ESCOM, we, we, we certainly cannot, uh, you know, underestimate the importance of having a good, effective, competent board, certainly. But, but on the other hand, we, we need to be careful not to treat, you know, uh, the, the installation of this board as, you know, the silver bullet. I think we have a very, complex uh, a situation with many interdependent moving parts at the same time. So we mustn't lose focus of the big picture in terms of other variables. Of course, this, you know, the, the issue of the board is at the micro institutional level, but ESCOM operates within a bigger macro environment. And some of the variables in the macro environment, whether political, are very key 
in terms of contributing to the current state of affairs. We, we, we cannot be myopic about that. We, we have to appreciate that complexity. We have to appreciate the bigger picture. But let me stop there as we, you know, as, as we go ahead with our conversation. I'll, I'll add more regarding that. Thank you very much for that observation, which I completely agree with you. Well, you saying to us, uh, replacement of the board is critical given the strategic nature of the board. Uh, from skills and competencies point of view, but that on its own, it's not, it, that on its own, it's not enough. We need to locate the operations of the board, both at the institutional level, but also at the macro political level, of which, yeah. in your view, there are other variables that comes into the picture. Yeah. Having said Indeed. that, let's perhaps maybe look at how different voices following the pronouncement of the new board came through. I mean, we have seen political parties, we have seen private sector organizations expressing different and mixed views. As an example, the business unity South Africa has, you know, under the leadership of Kaskovadia, he said he's very happy the mix of relevant skills and expertise which the new board have. And on the contrary, different side, the Black Business Council has also, in fact, on a, on a, on a similar trajectory, the Black Business Council have also expressed, uh, you know, uh, excitement about the new board, stating that they they have a very nice mixture of of skills and competencies. But before we get to how these different institutions and political parties, our political uh, institution, express their views, um, what is quite significant in my view is how the previous board under uh, Prof was supposedly handicapped by vacancies and skills gaps. The question, therefore, is. At what point did the shareholder, i.e. the minister, realize that the previous board was handicapped by vacancies and critical skills gap at the board level? And if let, let me pause there and get your perspective. You are making a very good point. And remember, one of the key responsibilities of 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 the minister, you know, as the shareholder, obviously, is precisely the appointment of of board members. So, 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 so the minister's role is, is very key actually in the success of, of any board for that matter. And I think that it's actually an indictment, you know, on the part of, of the ministry, uh, when you have a board, uh, that is not complete, uh, because you are in, in the process by not appointing a fully functional board, compromising the very board that, you know, you have appointed. So, 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 so I hope that going forward, as much as this is a good board, but critical to an effective board is the support and the leadership that must be provided by the shareholder, which is the minister. So just adding to that, apart from the composition of the board itself, it's important that also, you know, earlier on, I referred to the macro environment which includes you know the political aspects of 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 things it's important that government through the minister and other ministries provide an enabling environment for the board to be effective without an enabling environment the board is is going to be compromised as well it won't be able to be effective and one of the key elements of that is that i i mentioned earlier on in terms of the macro and, and environment politically we have a very fractious, uh, to, to be euphemistic about it, but a very volatile uh, political situation at the moment. And one of the 
negative manifestations of that volatility and toxicity is the alleged issues around sabotage and so forth. Uh, realistically, practically, and competently, it's not within the purview of the board per se and the management of ESCOM to address those bigger macro-political hurdles uh, that are impeding the effectiveness of the solutions to ESCOM. So, so it's important in that instance we have government that is very uh, effective in addressing those extraneous variables at the political level, those factors that contribute towards, you know, issues of uh, alleged sabotage and, and criminality to be, to, to be quite honest. So, so, so by implication, you also have to have, you also have to have a, an appreciation of the systemic and ecosystemic view of ESCOM as a functioning entity. If you don't have, for instance, the criminal justice system, addressing the criminality of alleged sabotage in terms of the work that ESCOM is doing, uh, you don't have a problem. No matter how competent the board is, if you don't address those aspects that are beyond the purview of the board at the macro level, uh, it will, you know, it, it will result in, you know, in, in ineffectivity, you know, it, it's ineffective. It, it, it will not, the board will not be effective because of the macro. I think the macro picture is very important. We must never lose sight of it. Of course, there are micro issues as in institutional um, imperatives that must be addressed uh, at an institutional level. Uh, and and I, I expect the board to, you know, to be soon announcing uh, some kind of, a, you know, a plan. What, what, what is the plan? I know that, you know, uh, the CEO at some point, I think last year or so, it did announce a five point plan of sorts and so forth. But the, and, and, and the areas that the CEO was highlighting and focusing on, they make sense. But the issue is maybe not to reinvent the wheel, is to see what are the impediments, uh, to ensuring that that five point or so plan uh, is effective and works. And it could be that Part of the barriers uh, that lead to the ineffectivity of that uh, plan could be extraneous variables outside the purview of ESCOM. So there's just a lot, a, lo- a lot of moving parts at the same time. But it's important to have this very systems approach in understanding the complexity of the challenges that are facing uh, ESCOM. It's not either or. All of the parts must work seamlessly. On that note, let's um, take a quick break. We'll come back just in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back and thank for staying with us. This is Beyond Governance at 101.9 High FM. I'm joined by Huta Banzi, who is a corporate tenant on strategies and foresight strategies and serial entrepreneur. Before we took that break, Hota here was giving us interesting perspective on some of the consideration that needs to be taken into account in assessing the effectiveness of the board. And firstly, he pointed out that the minister as a shareholder is his prerogative that he appoints competent board members of which he has done. However, the previous board, which was allegedly vowed or devoid of critical skills, um, he says, look, this is an indictment because the minister's job or the ministry's job is to ensure the, the effectiveness of the board 
uh, one of those you know critical elements is ensuring that competent people that well are in those board positions. Essentially, there's a need for fit for purpose at the board level. He also gave us a sense of the need for a macro uh, consideration. You know, I would imagine the interface between the Minister of Energy and the Minister of Public Enterprise. I mean, ESCOM is a big energy driver. And at the macro level, if the two ministries are necessarily speaking to each other coherently and in, in a systemic fashion, we know that, you know, the, what's the downside? I mean, we know, for an example, the Minister of Energy is responsible for, obviously, policy pronouncement. And the Minister of Public Enterprise, execution of public policy or those policies which energy has uh, put in place. However, if the end, if the two ministers are necessarily speaking to each other, um, you and I are likely to suffer. The other issue that Hodka um, raised, which is quite critical, which is not in a purview in its way of the competent or incompetent board, for that matter, is the criminal justice system, whose role is to address, you know, some of the alleged sabotage, which um, has been pointed out by the current minister that there seems to be a fermentation of sabotage from within. Some of these issues that are stifling productivity that ESCOM are delivering. So those are some of the issues that Hoja pointed out. The last one that he had said uh, needs to be taken into account is perhaps maybe a five-point plan or whatever plan with the new board needs to usher. On that note, Hoja, uh, we know that the, the there's, there is an existing Telana strategy at ESCOM, which was approved by the same shareholder, which was approved by the previous board. Uh, do, you, do you anticipate a new turnaround plan, um, which is different from the plan which the shareholder has approved, the previous board has approved? What should be the situation in that respect? You know, without being really privy to really understanding in detail uh, the plan, but but, but, but I think my, my general observation, you know, with government and, and therefore obviously including state-owned enterprise, is that one, generally we, we suffer from analysis paralysis. You know, it's uh, it's like studies after studies, uh, commissions after commissions and so on and so forth. The biggest challenge is the actual execution. You know, uh, and I want to believe that, you know, there cannot be a hundred percent perfect plan, you know, whether we're talking ESCOM or we're talking any other private multinational for that matter. In principle, there cannot be. But I think it's important that uh, the board ensures that whatever plans are in place, there is execution. After all, the role of the board is to ensure that it plays an effective role in terms of oversight and holding the executives accountable, you know. So one of the key immediate, I think, uh, priorities of the new board is to actually go back to, to whatever plans are there in terms of turnaround and, and, and identify, as I said earlier on, what could be the barriers and, and actually address those to ensure that we have effective execution and implementation, operationalization of those plans. But of course, you also have to, as part of identifying what could be the stumbling block to that, apart from the macro issues, at an institutional level, we have to look at, you know, do we have a fit for purpose uh, institutional architecture, if you like, you know, do we have the right skills? Do we have, you know, uh, both in terms of the actual 
so-called core skills, technical skills at an engineering level, etc., etc., but also in terms of just in terms of your generic management uh, competencies. But also, uh, Dr. Mbele, one of the key things that we, we, we seem not to emphasize enough is the role of institutional culture. You know, uh, given that, you know, that ESCOM has been beset by, you know, um, issues of malfeasance and so on and so forth, you can imagine that one of the biggest challenges, it's actually an entrenched culture of malfeasance, corruption and so forth. So even if you do get the best engineers, and by the way, I think it's, it's a prudent thing that, you know, they've recalled some of the retired, uh, technicians, engineers and so on. But, but as good as they can be, if the environment is not conducive, if the environment is toxic, it's, uh, there's corruption and so on, the best and the brightest will not be retained at ESCOM. One, they will not be attracted. Two, even if they are already inside, but there'll be an exodus of, of competent people, uh, at ESCOM. Uh, you know, and, 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 and remember that already as a country, we are dealing with a serious, uh, problem of, uh, skills exodus, not just at ESCOM, but broadly in the country, we are losing, you know, competent people to, uh, you know, overseas and so on and so forth. Again, because of the macro environment. Um, so, so, so yes, uh, Dr. Mbele, um, um, Yes, the plans are there, but we must be careful of not reinventing the wheel. Let's just get on with it. Identify what the, the barriers are and just execute. But the board, it must, it must never abandon its key responsibility of oversight, holding executive uh, accountable. And on that note, you know, we, you know, we, we've had the public space, people talking about exiting uh, the current CEO and the COOs. I think it's important that the board exercises its independence and be given space to objectively assess the situation, the competence of the executive, um, you know, are they fit for purpose in terms of the job without uh, being influenced by or playing to the political gallery. Uh, it, it, that is very, very important. We need a board that is very uh, independent uh, uh, a board that does not, uh, you know, play to the whims of the populist political sentiment that might, might be prevailing at any given point in time. And, and remember that uh, some of these criticisms, uh, Dr. Mbele, uh, are actually factional. Uh, they are politically motivated. As come right now, as we speak, it's a very convenient and opportune political football. So it's important that we have a leadership that is very prudent, that is very, if you like, in, in, I'm using this term loosely, that is very scientific as it does its work, but also cognizant of the political dynamics uh, within which ESCOM uh, is operating. Very interesting observation, Hota. Um And I certainly think the listener is, is really uh, intrigued by some of your observation. That might be just honing in on one or two issues that you have raised. Firstly, you're quite correct, there's no perfect plan. I would imagine the current board would have to review the existing plan and, and obviously address some of the shortcomings. And based on the skill set 
which supposedly the previous board did not have. One, one might add that engineering aspect of the plan needs to be strengthened. Um, and the other issue that you've raised has to do with the uh, institutional culture, particularly from a malfeasant uh, and toxic, if not corrupt, and, and activities that has been laid to bear. Um, that it is important that the board is cognizant of those particular issues um, because you can have as uh, you can have most competent um, executive, most competent uh, employees for as long as you're not dealing with the environment which potentially toxic enabling you are likely to experience exodus of critical skills. On the issue of the critical skills, I mean we have heard that ESCOM is recalling some of the engineers who had left the system, um, you know, and been replaced by the new cohort. And, and those that left were majority white and being replaced by majority black, you know, uh, artisans and so on and so forth. What does it mean from a international culture point of view that those that left are now suddenly being brought in? And how do you manage the dynamic? Here you are, and, and without necessarily uh, putting change management levers. I don't see it playing out um, as a change strategist. What would be the basis or the critical success condition just on labor issue, um, you know, replenishing or reinviting the old to complement, bearing in mind the racial, the, the racial dynamics and connotation to it? Brilliant point there, uh, Dr. Mbele, because <laughs> I'm really impressed because generally, you know, people underestimate and if not even for that matter undermine uh, the critical role of of change management and i think in the case of um, escom it is real you know and i like the fact that you are also highlighting the race aspect uh, of it i i i think it's important indeed that uh, management uh, one it must be commended by the way uh, for for recalling that and and humbling themselves to say Let's go back and ask those who left uh, to come back and and assist. But as you say, it's not going to be sustainable if you know, and as we do, uh, the ground is not prepared. And I think there needs to be a very intentional change management strategy around how do you rope them in and how, most importantly, how to ensure that the current staff do not see those that are being recalled as a threat, you know. So so there has to be an intentional change management program that ensures that there is one understanding and appreciation of the importance of bringing those back too, but also allaying the fears uh, of, the, uh, of the incumbents that this is not about them being replaced and so forth. But also importantly, it, that is why it's important that this must be coherent, structured, and intentional. Importantly, there must be a plan by ESCOM to say how does how does some skill transfer take place? You know, it's for it's not just bringing them back, but you bring them back to obviously one to do the work. But as they do the work, how do you ensure that there is a proper and a clear, effective plan of skills transfer? But again, even bringing them back, remember we 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 were assuming that as well that these people there's issues of the 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 getting old, there's issues of age, it's not gonna be sustainable for quite some time. You know, at some point they will also retire. <laughs> so you bring them back for, you know, only a certain limited time. 
So the, the real sustainable long-term plan is as commerce shows, and, and that's what one, what the board should do for in terms of medium to long-term. Uh, we need to see a, a, a strategy that addresses the pipeline of, you know, leadership uh, development. Um, and, and I'm talking about leadership both in terms of management, but also in terms of technical expertise. Uh, there needs to be a coherent strategy in terms of addressing, because the issue of skills, I think it's one of the most serious uh, um, barriers in terms of the effectiveness of ESCOM. That is why in the first place they're recalling those, so it tells you. But I'm not getting a sense, at least maybe it's not there in the public domain, it's not that obvious, of a, a coherent, intentional uh, strategy uh, on you know human capital pipeline across all facets of the organization. As much as the technical aspect, stroke engineering um, skills are key, but let's not forget that an organization, any organization, never mind ESCOM, is a system, you know, with different parts which require different uh, multidisciplinary skills. So it's not just engineering. uh, It's also about, you know, ops, experts, you know, uh, so that we're not only doing the right things. So you might have engineers who are very good at what they do, but being good at what you do, you need to do that very well. So that's where even issues around people with expertise around operational management to ensure that there, there are efficiencies um, as well at ESCOM and therefore, uh, you know, it's not just efficiencies, but effectiveness, how, how the operations uh, are run. Is it efficient? Is it effective? Because we might have those good engineers, but if there are no systems and processes to ensure efficiencies, uh, you know, at all levels, um, again, it's not going to be that effective. So there's that big issue, uh, uh, Dr. Mbele, if I have to, uh, you know, again, reiterate the issue of a, a solid, intentional, comprehensive skills pipeline, uh, you know, uh, that needs to be put in place. It's it's a major one, uh, you know. And oh, it's all yeah. about, by the way, not just in terms of engineering. That is very key, not just in terms of engineering. Yes, of course, engineering, technical, is very important. It's an Definitely very important, but we're dealing with the behemoth of an organization that requires it for it to be effective, a whole set of different uh, skills and, and competencies. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, which amplifies the idea of substitution of the board or replacement of the board not being a policy. So you're essentially unpacking these other variables that <laughs> ensure that the board operates optimally. On that note, let's take a quick break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back there. This is Beyond Governance, and my name is Nimrod Tembele. I am joined by Huta Banzi, who is a corporate general strategist and foresight strategist and serial entrepreneur. Uh, so far, we've had very interesting observation and insight on Huta in terms of the complex nature of the operations of ESCOM board and the extent to which if we are not able to you know, properly diagnose 
other variables that which sits outside, which are not in a remit of the board, it doesn't really matter how complete the board is, the board is likely to fail, which is quite intriguing in so many ways. One of the issues that you have pointed out earlier on is all issue of change management, which I agree with. And maybe just to overlay that, the complexity of change management in, in a context of skills, uh, formation or or acquisition of critical skills and competencies, we now obviously ESCOM has been reconfigured into three separate entities, transmission generation and distribution. That on its own also added another layer of complexity. Absolutely. And if you are not mindful of these you know, complexities, and nobody even knows how these entities will operate, we all know that you know there's been unbundling and which hasn't really been completed. I'm sure the separate entities each will have its own board, uh, its own executive, and so on and so forth. So that's something that we need to pay our, you know, we need to look at. But coming back to issue which 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 you you, you raise um, very pointedly, it is that of the board having to apply its mind, uh, particularly in 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 the retention or possible dismissal of the current executive. I mean, we've heard from a number of, uh, you know, stakeholders, particularly unions as well as the, uh, you know, Black uh, Business Council calling for uh, CEO's head as well as that of a COO. Essentially, they say, look, um, these people have plunged the country into darkness. So the very first thing the board needs to do is to release the CEO under the writer, as well as the COO Jan uh, Obenes. Your take on that, bearing in mind that if the board is ultimately accountable, you also need to have a first and foremost rapport with the executive and the extent to which you know you support the executive and hold them to account. Your take on the, the dynamic nature of the new board and oldish, so to speak, executive. Indeed, uh, Dr. Mbele, you know, um, uh, the relationship between the board uh, and the executive is also very critical in terms of uh, stability of, of any organization, you know, particularly the relationship between the chairperson of the board and, and of course, the CEO is, is very critical. And, 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 and that relationship is a function of many variables. One, issues around competence, but even issues such as even just trust, mutual respect, and, and ultimately that elusive thing, nebulous thing that, you know, might be called chemistry, you know, collegial good working relationship between the two. But as I said earlier on, it's important that we, 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 we have a board that is independent, that is courageous. You know, uh, you know, one of the key things that uh, King Code, you know, talks about is, you know, the issue of courage uh, and, and, and so forth. So, so by that, uh, I mean, uh, as you say, uh, there's a kind of chorus from certain quarters that uh, the current uh, executives, i.e. the CEO, the COO, must be fired and so forth. I think um, it is important that uh, the, the, the board that has just been installed to be I cannot emph- overemphasize this to be independent and objectively look at, you know, um, the, the current 
competence of the of the executive and based on the performance contracts because these people are want to assume that their performance contracts are we are not privy to that. Uh, what, what, what are the key performance areas, including the indicators, but also again, I, I know I run the score something like a stress record, but that's the reality. You can't divorce what is happening at ESCOM within the broader the macro environment. So for instance, if the board is, and the executive is, is competent, it's doing what is supposed to be done. But we discovered that one of the biggest stumbling blocks in terms of their performance are variables that are not within their purview. Issues of, for instance, alleged sabotage. You can't fire the CEO based on orchestrated sabotage and criminality that is happening. It's not within the purview and the competence of ESCOM to address that. It's the competence of the police and so on and so on. So to what extent, as I say, I go back to that issue that the shareholder and government in general, is creating that enabling environment because you have to create an enabling environment for your executives to perform effectively. So, so, uh, so, so, so it's almost if if you ignore that, you can replace them anytime. By the way, and you and 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 have a new CEO or COO. But the fact of the matter is that if those other variables that are not within their purview are not addressed effectively by people who are also supposed to be held accountable. The police are supposed to be held accountable. The law enforcement accountable as well uh, in terms of doing what they constitutionally they are required to do. And we all know that there are also challenges in that space as well. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to go far. Look at the uh, the rate of, of crime in the country. If we cannot solve basic crime that is happening, gender-based violence, the, the soaring levels of gender-based violence, uh, so how do we expect the law enforcement to address even the alleged sabotage and um, and, and and criminality that is happening uh, and, and 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 so forth? So 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 we we have to be very honest in terms of how we address and not play to the political gallery because as I say we have a very toxic political environment that's prevalent at the moment. We do know that um, certain quarters in in the political space have got their own self-interest and, and selfish uh, motives for making certain pronouncements. ESCOM is a, is a convenient and very opportune political football at the moment. And people will use it for whilst they can uh, as much as possible. That's a very uh, thought-provoking uh, insight that you've just shared with us there, Khutla. What I'm picking up, from you is that the board interface, first and foremost, is very critical. The chemistry between the CEO and the chairperson of the board, based on mutual trust and collegial rapport, is critical. For if there isn't that chemistry, the chances are um, the entire board or the entire institution is likely to suffer. One of the issues that you have correctly put, um, alluded to is the, the need for the board to be seen to be independent and courageous in the assessment of the executive's performance. Absolutely. If you are scientific and objective in your assessment uh, of the performance of the executive, you are going to arrive at a conclusion that is informed by data, a conclusion that is informed by facts. And part of the assessment that you've put to us is the need to look at 
um, are issues or variables that are not in the remit or the purview of the board. You've pointed, correctly pointed out that the issues of sabotage, I mean, the executives may put in place uh, mitigating strategies to prevent sabotage. However, they need to, those sabotage strategies or anti-sabotage strategies, they need to be amplified by law enforcement. If the law enforcement agencies are not playing their part, you cannot solely blame that to the executives. Correctly pointed out that given the political uh, uh, landscape as we gravitate towards, I suppose, in December, the, the ANC national elect, um, uh, um, elections. ESCOM is very convenient political football who's wearing, we're likely to see number of players wanting to use it for their own convenience. Um, but, but be that as it may, you, you're saying it's quite important, if not critical, that the board is seen to be objective, board is seen to be critical and using evidence to make its own determination and not playing into the public gallery, which to be the case, given the, the noise that has been made by, you know, a number of organizations. I mean, I just want to quote the, the BBC. This, this is the Black Business Council. I, you know, I quote um, this. This is something that the CEO said, I think, Hanki uh, Matabani said about uh, two years, two, two, three days ago. The BBC would like to advise the new board that their first responsibility and task is to release the incompetency of NCO as they plunged the country into darkness and that has paralyzed the country and its economy. Close quote. I mean, that statement, it's loaded. Where was the board? Where was the shareholder? Um, where were the police, as we've pointed out? Where were these other extenuating all variables that sits outside the board and how do you solely is it convenience it's actually quite fascinating uh, you know uh, and not, not just you know in relation to escom how reductionist sometimes and maybe by design we can be i mean if you look if you understand the system of governance you know in the country especially when we talk about soes uh, of that there's the executive, obviously there's the board, there's the ministry, but there's also, there are also lay, other layers and levels, you know, of accountability. Uh, for instance, uh, the role of the, of Scopa, the role of, uh, uh, a, the respective, uh, 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 parliamentary committee, portfolio committee, uh, you know, within which, uh, public enterprises false and, 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 and is supposed to be accountable to. So, so mo- in most cases, when you listen to public discourse, it's, it's actually very silent about the responsibility and the critical importance of other layers. So, so it's, it's almost like a, a shotgun approach, you know, shooting from the hip. It's convenient because it's literal. That's what we see every day. Uh, on TV, we say this guy calls CEO. We say this guy calls CEO. So, 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 so we we tend to have a very, a, a very narrow uh, focus in terms of analyzing and appreciating uh, the challenges uh, uh, with regard to whether to ESCOM or SAA. It could be, but we don't ask hard questions <laughs> about other role players, if you like, within that value chain of accountability, if if you like. What is the role of the portfolio committee? Is the portfolio committee effective in terms of discharging its constitutional role 
of of oversight, of support for that matter, not just being a police, but also how do you create, and I go back again, ensuring that a conducive environment is created, whether at the policy level or just at the pragmatic level to say, uh, you know, that environment that is conducive must prevail uh, so that SOEs can be effective, uh, efficient, and, and impactful in terms of, remember, they also have kind of a developmental mandate as well. You know, I was listening to you in your prelude or stroke introduction. <laughs> You're actually saying that, you know, sadly, uh, the vast majority, you know, of people are unemployed and all of that. They can't be, you know, enjoying holidays that are coming and traveling around the country. But the irony is, is that even those who can afford, where do you travel in a country that is plunged in darkness? You know, uh, you can't go on holiday, even if you do have that money, by the way. Uh, uh, you know, of traveling. It's actually quite a misnomer, you know, mentioning the, the word holiday and ESCOM in the same sentence because you can't enjoy your holiday in darkness. You're supposed to be in a blissful, uh, distressing environment and here you are. But on a serious note, uh, Dr. Mbele, the kind of adverse systemic implications of a dysfunctional Electricity utility is untold. I don't think even ourselves we appreciate enough. Think about talking about holidays. Think about that young entrepreneur who used all her pension money to set up a guest house and does not afford all of these complex things about uh, alternative energy and all of those kinds of things. Think about that person who is not going to be getting business because we have a dysfunctional uh, state-owned entity. Let's spare our thoughts for that and think about other concomitant um, uh, uh, consequences of that. It's not just about that entrepreneur alone, but it's about the people that entrepreneur um, uh, uh, supports and feeds. So it's, it's, it's untold. In terms of the impact, it's, it's just, I don't think we can even fathom enough. And think about uh, the uh, opportunity cost of a potential investor sitting somewhere in the world. But when they think about South Africa, they think blackness, absence of energy, electricity, and so on and so forth. So that investment is redirected to another country, whether South America, Asia, and so on and so forth. But the other thing, Dr. Mbele, in terms of, um, I, I mean, the, this is such a rich subject. I think we can't even uh, exhaust this. It can take us days and so on talking about this. It is the role of, of, of the trade unions as well. Like you spoke earlier on about the issue of change management. They're very critical in that, you know, what role do trade unions, which are very active at ESCOM play in terms of ensuring that the issue that we, all of these issues, by the way, uh, that they, they happen. One, the issue of skills. I, I should be hearing more. We should be hearing more from trade unions. Uh, you know, emphasizing the issue of mass recruitment of, for instance, youth, especially black youth, because they're disproportionately affected by unemployment in terms of internships around technical oriented skills and so forth. Some kind of a program that prepares that cohort, you know, as part of the bigger pipeline of skills. What suggestion, Kotla? Perhaps maybe let's just a quick break. We're gravitating towards the end of the show. We'll come back in a second. 
Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision making. Uh, welcome back. Uh, this is Beyond Governance at 101.9 High FM. And this is Nimrod Tembele, joined by Khuta Banzi, who is a Corporate General Strategist and Foresight Strategist and Civil Entrepreneur. Uh, we have a very thought-provoking conversation on a typical issue around the replacement of the the board at ESCOM. The question is, or the question was, is the replacement of the board a panacea? Clearly, based on my guests' insights and observation, there are a host of other variables that needs to be taken into account before we could uh, level criticism against the board. First and foremost, he conceded that the issues of skills and competences and experience is quite critical um, at the board level. He also acknowledged the importance of the interface between the chairperson of the board as well as the CEO. And if the chemistry between the two is not kosher, so to speak, the chances are the entire institution is likely to suffer. Over and above that, the noises around the removal of the CEO and the COO has to be subject to subjected to intensive um, assessment by the board. The board needs to be seen to be diligent. The board needs to be seen to be um, focused, focusing on the results. The board needs to look at the performance uh, uh, considerations, um, you know, contracts of the, the CEO and, and the entire executive for that matter. On the basis of a thorough assessment, the boss can now make a determination on whether to retain or to to let go of the of the executive. So that's quite useful. I mean, in in terms of instilling confidence, because we do not want to be you don't want to see a board that caves in um, on the you know populist sentiments, um, which 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 is doing rounds. I mean, most of the political, especially your far left, have propensity to make pronouncement about you far that you far that without necessarily appreciating the complexity and the dynamic nature of entities such as such as ESCOM. So, I mean, those are some of the issues that are coming through, um, which which makes this conversation very rich. Um, and 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 in the main, why ESCOM exists? ESCOM exists to provide energy, cheap energy. Um, for, this, for the economy to run. So far, it has done the opposite. Kota um, correctly pointed out that uh, entrepreneurs, small businesses um, are languishing. Small businesses are forced to use, they, they use a real sharp margin of their profits to buy, you know, to buy um, uh, diesel uh, to run their establishment. It is not sustainable. No wonder why the economy is going to grow. I mean, the the reserve the Reserve Bank has you know revised downwards the economic growth, uh, which we're now sitting at 1.5, 1.6 for this economy to make meaningful dent on high employment rate. We need to grow the economy minimum at four to four and a half percent to make a big difference. A big difference on the graduates, let alone those that have graduated before. So these are some of the issues which sit outside the purview of the board. However, we do need to hold the board accountable, the board accountable on the performance uh, of 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 um, ASCOM, as it were. But also need to hold the minister 
we also need the shareholder accountable. It cannot be that the shareholder who has been responsible, who is responsible by law, negative and and uh, board members, can foul when everything you know. Those are my quickest observations based on what uh, based on what my guest has said. Uh, Hotel, your party short uh, on on this very interesting thought-provoking conversation that you and I have had. Yeah, um, yeah, no, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I do think that um, you know uh, there's hope um, in terms of going forward, but I think all the pieces of the puzzle need to come together to work sim- seamlessly. We, 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 we dare not lose sight of the reality that when you talk about a behemoth like um, like ESCOM, which is at the epicenter of of the running of the country economically uh, and developmentally, you, you have to appreciate, you know, uh, like the role of different uh, stakeholders and role players and so forth. But of course, at the same time, still ensuring that at the micro level, uh, we're doing the right things right. <laughs> Not just doing the right things, but doing the right things right. That is why I was talking about the issue of fit for purpose, not just structurally, but also including the issue of skill set do we have? And actually even just the environment itself, do we have an environment within the organization, uh, you know, in terms of culture and so on, that allows for the attraction, retention uh, of the right caliber of of skills uh, in the institution. Everybody must play their part, like as, as you and I agree, uh, from management, the workers, the trade unions, uh, the board, the ministry, the portfolio committee and government at the broader level in terms of ensuring that that environment is conducive, not just for ESCOM, but for all other SOEs and other uh, government departments. Because we could easily be sitting here and talking about a department in terms of the role of the minister vis-a-vis the role of teachers. We know that that's, that's another burning uh, uh, area uh, that needs to be addressed as well. Because guess what? Unfortunately, and we have run out of time. You and I could have conversation on this issue, um, you know, uh, for for another day or two. You know, there's just so much um, that you've shared with us. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to do this again at some point. Or there are one or two issues that I want to tease your your, your thoughts or your brains on. But uh, due to time constraint, we're gonna have to pack. And and thank you for sharing your views and, and opinions on this very interesting and intricate uh, issue. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Mbele, for having me, and thanks to the listeners as well. Thank you very much. There you are. That was Hota Banzi, um, who is the uh, general strategy and the foster strategy, giving us a very interesting observations, food for thought. I certainly thought I have benefited. Likewise, uh, I hope you have also um, have uh, you know food for thought, or he has provided food for thought on this very complex issue. Let's do this again next week. Shalom.